Good morning, my dear friends, and welcome to our continuing study on the Sermon on the Mount. Father, as we read your word this morning, our prayer is, Lord, that you may help us to deepen our knowledge of you and to deepen our relationship with you, that we might know you, and in knowing you, O oh God, that we might know ourselves, that we also may know for what reason you created us, and for what reason you called us to be yours. We pray this in the name of Christ Jesus, our loving Savior. Amen. So our reading is Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Amen. Praise the Lord. That is the word of the Lord. I want to begin by observing that a Christian is a citizen of two worlds. The Bible constantly reminds us that we are citizens of heaven and only temporarily resident here on earth. In other words, we are citizens of two worlds. And this um, presents us with, um, with a difficult task of putting our life on, on the balance, of living or balancing our lives in such a manner that we will satisfy both the demands of our spiritual um, existence as well as our physical existence. And it's not an easy task. As citizens of heaven, we are not of this world. We are children of God. We are pilgrims on a journey. So we are not to worry about food or drink or clothes, but to watch how our Father in heaven feeds the birds. And because he is generous to the birds of the air, he will even be much more concerned about our well-being. He will feed us and he will clothe us. But we are not worried about clothes as well because God clothes the lilies of the field and makes them beautiful. And so he will clothe us as well. But you see, a Christian 
is also a normal, ordinary being. He is human. And as human, he has the needs that are common to every human being. He cares for food, for drink, for clothes, for shelter, for health care. He may have a family and children and is concerned about the, uh, you know, all the cares of the world like anybody else. So the worst mistake we, we often make is to assume that once a person is saved, he will know how to balance these two lives as a Christian and also as a, as a normal human being. Jesus is both God and man. The only one who came from heaven and lived here on earth among us, among his people, and he lived victoriously. In chapter 6, this Jesus undertakes a critical review of our lives here on earth as Christians, and he also offers lessons on how to live this balanced life in such a manner that we shall please God and we shall also be a blessing to other people. So, chapter 6, verse 1, talks about acts of righteousness. That we should not perform our acts of righteousness in order to please men. Jesus summarizes acts of righteousness into three, three topics, namely giving to the needy, prayer, and fasting. We shall begin today with a matter of giving to the needy and then do the rest uh, as God enabled us, enables us in the following weeks. So, but I want us to note right here that Jesus considers giving to the poor not as something we do once in a while or when we're just feeling good or when we have the opportunity but it is an integral part of our righteous living. It is an integral part of the mission and the ministry of the church. It is not something we, 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 we attend to one month or one week in a year. It is something that is to be done side by side with the ministry of preaching the word. And a good example is the church in Jerusalem the apostolic church, as recorded in Acts chapter 2 and, and, and 4. So Jesus says, be careful then not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Now, uh, here I must ask myself, are we contradicting ourselves? Why do I ask that? Because in Matthew chapter 5, 16, did we not read Jesus saying, let your light shine before men so that your good deeds may be, so that may see your good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. Now he's saying, no, 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 don't do your righteous deeds before men to be seen by them. Well, it may appear to be so, but if you are a keen reader, of the Bible, you see that actually there is no contradiction. 5.16 says, 
do your let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven you are nowhere you are your work is to shine your light your work is to do the good deeds but you are not to be seen it is your good deeds that are seen not you not me it's my good deeds and the praise therefore is not due to me but to our father in heaven amen as simple as that so what is the right way then to give we are not to give in order to be seen by men or to receive their praise or their applause how do we give in a manner that pleases god what is the correct way or the right way of giving chapter 6 verse 2 when you give to the needy do not announce it with trumpets as hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men i tell you the truth they have received their reward in full and that reward is only the praise of men verse 6 3 chapter 6 3 and 4 our lord continues but when you give to the needy do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you i want i would like as our reading is a short one but it's a deep deep thing so let, let let us let us then at this point begin to break down the you know lessons and the principles that christ is communicating to us and and there's a whole lot of them but we shall we shall only be able to cover um maybe i mean one or two two at the at least uh the, the, the very important ones that that um we hope us to 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 take this um, message down deep in our hearts so number one, it's a whole question of motive so we should note that jesus first of all jesus takes for granted that his listeners who at that time were the, the jews his disciples and the crowd that came to hear him he he took it for granted that his listeners would be involved in giving to the needy in prayer and in fasting because he says in 62 so when you give to the needy not if in 65 he says and when you pray not if you pray in 66 in 6 um 6 is when you fast chapter 66 is when you fast not if you do he expected these acts of righteousness to be a common feature of in the lives of those who were listening to him so these these three religious disciplines as as we might well know are actually common to many other religions and some of them some of these religions are more I mean more vigorously practice them than we Christians they are more committed to giving to the needy to prayer and to fasting than we Christians however Jesus is not teaching us that our giving and um, in performing our acts of righteousness uh, sorry Jesus is teaching us today 
as he has been teaching us all along, that whatever we do must be totally different from what others do. We are not to be like the Pharisees. We are not to be like the teachers of the law. We are not to be like the hypocr I mean, the hypocrites, which is actually which actually defines the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. We are not to be like the hypocrites or anybody else. Our giving, our acts of our prayer life, our fasting, and uh, and all that must be of a category of its own. Must be on a higher plane than what others do whether they be on, of the same religion with us or different religions. In particular, we should do these things with a right motive. What matters most, therefore? And this is the principle and this is the lesson. Our motive in giving must be the right motive, a right motive, as well as in praying and in fasting. Now, today we shall deal with, I have already said, we shall, do with the, we shall deal only with the giving to the needy, the rest we shall, uh, we shall tackle later. We should ask ourselves then, why am I giving to the needy? Why am I praying? Why am I fasting? Jesus' teaching is that we should not give to the needy in order to seek publicity or to be admired and praised by people. We should not blow our own trumpets and attract attention in order to be noticed and praised by people. If we do, we will get no rewards from our Heavenly Father. We should instead give in secret and our Father who sees us in secret, who sees what is done in secret, will take notice and He will reward you. He will reward us. So once again, let us take note, the emphasis, the emphasis is not actually the giving in secret. It is the motive that Jesus is concerned about. So you, you see, um, let, let's, let's, um, let's admit it. I can, I can very well give in secret. Yet be full of pride and self-congratulation. You see, I feel good about giving to these poor people around me. See how good I am. And the parable of, of the Pharisee and the tax collector in the book of Luke is actually a good lesson on this. In the parable, the Pharisee boasted to God himself. He said, look, see God, what a good man I am. I am not like the rest of the people. See, I fast twice a week. And I tithe everything. I am not like these people who are criminals and murderers and thieves and an omen of evildoers. This man is boasting to God. That is why, my friends, Jesus is saying that when you give, not even your left hand should know what your right hand is doing. What this means in very simple terms is you yourselves should not, uh, should not, um, you should do it strictly as an offering to God. You should not uh, have any thought about yourself so that um, what, what you have determined to do in your heart 
namely giving to the needy, should not be seen as a reward to yourself. You should not self-congratulate. You should not feel, I have done a great thing. I am not like the rest of the people. I am better than them. If you do, uh, we are being told that no rewards will be due from our Father in heaven. Accordingly, the right motive for our gifts to the needy is to glorify God and Him alone. Now, the fifth beatitude says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The merciful are people of a compassionate heart who go out of their way to help those who are in need, those who are in distress, those who are poor, the hungry, the sick, the suffering, those who are suffering injustice, the oppressed, the marginalized. Proverbs 19.17 says that by, by being kind, by showing kindness to the needy is the same as giving a loan to God. It's like lending to God. God will in his own time reward you. He will repay you. He will reward us very generously. And so point number two, or principle or lesson number two is that the choice is between pleasing self and pleasing God. The choice that we have as far as giving is concerned, as well as in prayer and in fasting, is between pleasing men, pleasing myself and pleasing God. Now, Jesus' teaching is do not give in order to be seen by men. And so, on the face of it, we might think that the choice is between pleasing men and pleasing God. But I am saying, no, the choice is actually between pleasing myself and pleasing God. Let me explain. When you look at, I mean, uh, when, when you give this text a closer look, you see that um, the motive of a people pleaser is not to please people actually. It is not even to help the needy. It is to please himself. The people pleaser, um, you know, does things to be noticed by people. But the motive is not accurate to please people. It is to please himself. But that is, that is to say, the only reason this person wants to please people is so that the people will praise him. He says to himself, they will think better of me and they will tell others about me. I will be liked by them and I will be popular. So you see, it's all about me, not people, not poor. It's about me. So the choice that we are making here is either to please ourselves or to please God. It is not for nothing that the Bible says, Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. For that is how the, the, the ancestors treated the false prophets. 
uh, Luke 6, 26. So, so if our motive is to please people, the only reward we will ever get is their praise and nothing else. In this regard, in this regard, Jesus is our supreme example. For Jesus never sought publicity, nor did he attract attention to himself. Instead, he always made it clear that the very words he spoke are the words that God commanded him, God the Father commanded him to speak. And whatever work that he was doing is the work that he sees his father doing. So he actually speaks the words of his father and the work he does are the works of his father. No honor to himself. He, Jesus performed miracles only when the power of God was present. In Isaiah chapter, 20, chapter 53, verses 2 and 3, the prophet described Jesus as one who had no physical beauty or anything in his appearance that could attract people to him. He was a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering. He was despised and rejected. And yet, his good deeds attracted great multitudes to him and to God. And he healed and saved many to the glory of God. His followers today are estimated to number over two billion, and that without any publicity whatsoever. In John 5:41, Jesus says, I do not accept praise from men. So should it be with us, my dear friends. Let us therefore be careful that we don't desire the praise of people more than the praise of God. Let us examine our motives for what we do. Otherwise, we may earn fame for our charitable work and yet get no reward from our Father in heaven. Let us be careful, my dear friends, that we are not counted among the hypocrites. Finally, let us look at the matter of rewards. Talking about rewards, what is Jesus teaching us? Jesus mentions rewards three times in these short verses, in verses 1, 2, and 3, and 2, verses 1, 2, and 4. Basically, he says, I, if I seek rewards from people, that is all I will get. That's what we have been saying. The Bible tells us that God is ever watching us. Sometimes we might feel threatened by the feeling of being watched. And God is not only watching, but he hears and sees everything, including what is in our thoughts and what is in our hearts. That makes it even more complicated for us. But Jesus shows that we should actually be pleased that God is watching us. And, and the Bible actually says, Jesus, God is watching us, but he is also watching over us. This is the sense in which it is uh, stated in, in, in uh, Psalms 121 verse 3, where he says that he watches over you. You know, he who watches over Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. And he watch and see you are going and you are coming in. And see, God watches us, my friends, and or watching over us for our own good, for our own protection. Secondly, in the words of Jesus, God watches us 
in order to reward those who deserve to be rewarded. So it is for our good that he is watching. And so in verse 6-4, six, he says, Your giving should be in secret, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. If he doesn't watch, then he will not know what you are doing. Therefore, my dear friends, uh, and this is a, 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 a final note on, uh, on this, is that it is okay. It is alright to, to expect rewards or even to work for rewards from our Father, not from people or anyone else. And we should not be feel shy about it. Sometimes we are over-religious and we say, I mean, I want nothing. I will just do it for free. Nothing. Fine. Yes, as far as men, people are concerned. As far as other rewards are concerned. But God does not deny us blessings here on earth either. But our greatest reward is in heaven. So Jesus expected rewards for his labor too. For it says in Hebrew 12, verse 2, that he endured the agony and the shame of the cross for the joy that was set before him. He expected reward for his enduring the shame and the pain of the cross. The heroes of our faith, recorded in Hebrews 11, including Moses, including Abraham, did what they did because they saw in the distant future God's reward preserved for them. And this is the message of the New Testament, especially in the book of Peter, where we are told that, you know, our rewards are preserved for us. You know, our inheritance that is much more valuable than silver, than gold, our reward and inheritance that does not decay. We work here on earth for our resort, for our rewards from our Heavenly Father in heaven. Furthermore, our work on earth will be judged and rewards will be given according to what we have done, whether good or bad, 1 Corinthians 3, 13, 15. In Revelation 22, 12, says, you know, uh, Jesus is coming with rewards to be given according to what we have done. And the great apostle Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have run the race. I have kept the faith. Now, there's in store for me the crown, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. 2 Timothy chapter 4, 7 and 8. My dear friends, what shall we say? Our greatest reward is to see God face to face. For blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Matthew 5.8 Let us therefore, let us labor here on earth. Let all our labor here on earth be done for the glory of God. Now, Finally, how do we apply this to ourselves? I'll do this in very simple words. My dear friends, the essence, the essence of what Jesus is teaching us is that 
our supreme object or objective in life should be to please God, to please Him only, to please Him always, and to please Him in everything. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let us go out and please the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for revealing to us the deep things about our relationship with you, about our work, about our motives. Father, we can never do anything right on our own. We can never succeed in whatever we do unless we depend totally on you. So it is my prayer, Lord, that you may hold us by the hand, even as we walk through this, uh, this sermon on the mount, that, Lord, we may follow you in your footsteps and do the very things that you yourself did and you are doing here on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.